Dave and Ryan's movie review take 16 and action. Everyone loves going to the movies. And while some are amazing, some are awful. Fortunately, we have Dave and Ryan, two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday. So get your popcorn ready, silence your phones, and relax, because the show is about to begin. Cue Dave and Ryan in 3, 2, 1. It's Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. Sponsored by Nobody. Hey there, and welcome in to another week of Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. It's going to be a good show. I can feel it already. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing? I think we're going to be okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I hope so. Yeah. I have after, to after what we After what we just went through? Yeah, the movie that we saw, we'll talk about that. Um, not good. No. Not Horrible. Not good. We'll get there, though. We'll I get there. I cried. But before we get there, sleep. well, yeah, you did. He really did. You didn't have to poke me like that. It was rude. I'm sorry. Before we get there, though, let's go to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard, a place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood. Now, I'm pretty sure most people watched football over the weekend because it was the opening weekend of the NFL season. And if you missed the Chargers-Dolphins game... I didn't. That's my favorite team. The Dolphins, right? The Dolphins. Yeah, well, because we're going to beat on the Chargers here in just a second. Uh, interesting, interesting viral marketing campaign that came out. Now, September 29th, the movie The Creator comes out. I'm looking forward We're to looking that We're looking forward to go see this one. And the thing about it is it, it really is a timely movie because it's dealing with an AI takeover of the world. Yeah. it's How many times have we heard <laughs> I, that? I know. But it, it, anyway, uh, people that were at the game uh, maybe saw something that was a little bit strange. And there were AI robots that joined them in the crowd. Now, there were actors, of course. Yes. But they had them made up to look like the robots that are in the movie, The Creator. So they were put up on the big screen there at SoFi Stadium uh, with the, you know, uh, it's just weird. Well, they, they, they would look like cyborgs, like, like in the movie. So, it you know... It, it was kind of weird to see, um, but you know, you, you were talking. We were talking earlier, and you said that they did something a while ago with the, mo the movie smile. smile. Yeah, and this yeah. was creepier. Yeah, I'm sure. Just people with creepy smiles on. Yeah, <laughs> just sitting there and smiling. Yeah, well, this yeah, this one they they were really really kind of like well artificial because that's what they were. It was really kind of like robotic in their movements and. It kind of disturbed a lot of people. But here's the other part of it. It worked because here we are talking about it now. Yes. Yes, it did. So once again, the movie The Creator comes out on September 29th. Looks like it's going to be a really good one. The only thing I could find on the strike this week is Fran Drescher's upset. Shocking, what I know. What's she upset about this time? Uh, she's less concerned with a meeting. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about... Uh, they were going to have the meeting in Congress. Oh, yeah. That went on this week. Okay. And she's less concerned about that meeting and more concerned about studios and streamers getting back to the table uh, to make a fair deal. She said, the showrunners meeting with the WGA, I don't really know how that makes me hopeful 
for the studios, CEOs coming to the table. Once again, they're in, it, this is a mess. It really is. Yeah. And, and the closer we get to the fall movie season and towards the end of the year, I, I found it va- very funny because I was reading an article about that they're starting to set the dates for the Emmys and the Grammys and the Oscars for next year. Hold Hold that thought. Because it's not going to happen if they don't get this figured out. Well, they could, you know, they movies have come out, so they can have the awards for those movies. But will the stars show up? I don't see why they wouldn't. It and, doesn't have anything to do with making a movie or anything like that. It's and the other for part stuff that of it, they already did. And the other part of it, it will be more politically motivated than most award shows. Oh, I'm sure you'll get, you know, commercials like, "Hey, support your local actors," union. and they'll they'll do it on this on the stage. It, oh yeah, the except you know probably they already anyway. cut the acceptance speech short. Instead, you know, instead of doing the regular 20, 30 seconds, let's just cut that down to fifteen. Fifteen's good. You say thank you. You get off the stage that's right thank your mom thank your dad thank your wife thank, thank your the producers God, and get off the stage god and producers sometimes they're the some same, same person people. that's right <laughs> so we're still waiting for some sort of a reg- resolution on that uh, the thing about it is and we've talked about this in the past the fact that if they don't get something done soon the summer movie next season next year is gonna suck Oh, yeah. Well, they they have all the, the movies from this year that didn't come out. They can just throw out next year. But new movies, like the ones that uh, they were supposed to be making, yeah, it's going to be hard. There's got to come a time where they have their, I guess you'd call it the tipping point, where like we can't put anything out because we just don't have well, it. Well, they could still put things out because there's a lot of independent That's true. filmmakers. Like We were talking about one just a little bit ago with uh, Jordan wants to see this one independent movie. That doesn't have anything to do with unions. Uh, you know, it's a Utah film uh, maker, and Utah is a non-union state. So, um, you know, they're still going to be making movies here in Utah. It's just not going to be, you know, usually like it's not going to be like big blockbusters, but they're going to be big blockbusters because the regular blockbusters are nowhere to be seen. Right. And so I guess the way we need to look at it is it's a great time for independent movies to shine right now. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So this week at the box office, let's count it down to number five, Barbie. Barbie's at number five. Oh, she dropped so she far. She fell to, from number two last week, just made $5.7 million this week, but that brought her her total to $620.2 million. These are domestic numbers, of course. Uh, Jawan was at number four with $6.1 million. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, the one we went and saw last yeah. week, uh, $10.028 million. The Equalizer 3 at $12 million. And number one, and I don't know how, The Nun 2 with $32.6 million. It is starting to be spooky season. It is. So we'll have a few more of those to talk about. Uh, we're, we'll be discussing the uh, the Exorcist Believer movie that's coming out. There's a new Saw movie that is coming out. And I'm just looking at Ryan. He's so excited for these scary no. movies. All right. Okay. Before we get to anywhere, though, we got to have time for another honest movie review. Welcome into another honest movie review. Today, we go back to 2000 for the American science fiction film Battlefield Earth, starring John Travolta. When we attacked your planet, all your soldiers and all their advanced technology could only put up a measly nine-minute fight before they were exterminated. 
Which is why man is an endangered species. <laughs> the best way for me to describe this movie would be a cross between Star Wars and poop. I can't wait to speak with you again next week. All right, yeah, that was that was a pretty bad movie. It was. That was, that was a terrible movie. <laughs> all right, let's move on from all of this. Uh, of course, we've got the movie review of The Nun 2 that we'll talk about today. Movies based on books. This is an interesting one. I, we're going to have a lot of fun with this one because I the movies that I picked, people kind of look at me like out of the side of their eye. I get some serious side eye sometimes when I talk about this author and the movies. But we'll talk about that. And then we're going to bring back another one. That we had a lot of fun with the last time. Movies with twist endings. That are not M. Night Shyamalan. That are not M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Right? <laughs> so we'll talk about that coming up in just a bit. Come on back. We'll be talking about The Nun 2. Everyone on set, shut up. Shut up. These two buffoons are about to talk about a new release. Dave and Ryan's movie review segment one. Action. What's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater? According to Dave and Ryan, nothing. They're the first to see it, so you're the first to hear about it. And this week's latest release is The Nun Part 2. In 1956 France, a priest is murdered and evil is spreading. The sequel to the worldwide smash hit full of Sister Irene as she once again comes face to face with the demon nun. Just in time for spooky season, let's see what Dave and Ryan thought of The Nun Part 2, which is rated R and playing nationwide. All right. I, I don't even know how to describe this movie. Uh, we went and saw this one. Ryan and I did. Ah, uh, it's not really good. Let it me get the particulars. Let me get the particulars out of the way before Ryan unleashes hell over here. So this is going to set you back about an hour and fifty minutes. It is rated R, and it is of course the sequel to the movie The Nun. Now, if you were hanging around our Facebook page over the weekend, I watched the first one. That movie was so dark you couldn't see what was going on in it. It's like visually dark, not yes. like. Like, the theme was dark. Yes, and it was probably one of the slowest moving films that I have ever watched in my life. Oh, this one has something in common with the first one. Quite a few. Quite a few things. All right, starring Tessa Farmiga. She was in, of course, the first one. Uh, Jonas Bloquette. He was in the first one as well. New to the movie, Storm Reed. Now, you may have seen her in Euphoria, The Last of Us. She was also in 12 Years a Slave. Okay, here we go. 1956 in France. I believe I told you that the first nun took place about 1952. Yeah. Okay. This is 1956. There's a priest murdered, and an evil is spreading throughout the country. Go figure. Uh, the sequel follows Sister Irene, who is the lead character, as she once again comes face-to-face -face with Volok, the demon nun. This is part of the Conjuring universe. Um, there is a post credit scene with Lorraine and Ed Warren in there. I like some of the Conjuring movies. I really do because I like those two characters. Lorraine Warren is unbelievable if you sit and read stuff about her uh, with her work with the Amityville Horror House and all those kinds of things. So it's it's interesting to, to see this. However, let's talk about The Nun 2. Once again, this movie had... I, I could not find a story. 
it, it was hard. It, it was very slow moving. Like, there was two times I almost fell asleep during this movie. Like, all this movie is, is just, like, jump scares and then, like, lollygagging. Jump scare, lollygag. It was... It, I didn't like this movie at all. And that's what we kind of decided this movie is it would be good for, is a first date movie. Yeah. It's if, all about jump looking, scares. If you're looking, you know, to get closer to a girl or a guy... Take him to go see The Nun too. you yeah. know. Like, oh, jump right into your arm. Yeah. Other than that, don't see this movie. It, it It's just, it, it moves very slowly, and it, but it makes up for it by not having a storyline. And The visual effects were, were good. They were pretty good. There's a lot of cool things that they do and a lot of things that, like, did I just see what I thought I saw? Yeah. Those kind of things in this movie. Uh, however, it, it's the same story from the first one, uh, dealing with uh, St. Lucy. And finding a relic that's going to send uh, Valak, the demon nun, back to hell. Yeah. And so they've kind of... They found it. Found it at this... It it used to be a church. Spoiler alert! And now, yeah, and now it's a school. (laughs) And the gentleman is in it is Frenchie. And if you've seen the first one, uh, at the end of the first one, the demon leaves... But it goes into him. It, it escapes. Yes, and then it goes into him. And so he is in this one. They track everything down. Uh, you get a little bit more of a backstory on Sister Irene. Not much, though. Yeah, you learn a little bit of the history of uh, of her and what happened to her and kind of what happened to her ancestors. And, and the other thing about it, too, is the fact that you're watching this and you've got it figured out, and then the next within the next thirty seconds, the they tell over. you, "Yeah, the movie's over." <laughs> well, no, I mean you, you you've got one part of it figured out, and then thirty seconds later, they're like, "Well, yeah, you didn't know this." It's it's yeah. like they tell you what you would already know. So parts of it were very predictable. You could see things coming a mile away, which is really funny when you find out that Saint Lucy is the patron saint of blind people. Yeah, <laughs> but you can see things coming. Who saw from a that mile one away. coming? <laughs> you can see him coming. Uh, it, you know, it's just it wasn't just it just wasn't a good movie. No, the 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 actors, you know, they did their best, um, but you know, it was it's kind of hard to act really well with a not so good script or no script whatsoever. Yeah, this is it's possible. Yeah, like like I said, there was parts in this movie where I was just like, oh oh, there's it's still going. And you know, the other thing, probably the best part of the whole movie. You get a talking goat, <laughs> as you should in every good demonic possession movie, right? Yes, you yes. should have that. Did it talk though? I don't know. It was guttural sounds. Yeah, I remember it like bang, but I don't remember it being like "Are you?" And I'll tell you what, it's the freakiest demonic goat I've ever seen in a oh, scary yeah, movie. It's huge. It's it's not just like a goat. It's like a goat demon. Yeah. Well, it's the devil. Oh, yeah. It's, but it's like, it, like it, it looks like it could stand up and it would be like seven feet tall. Probably. So and Really long, lanky arms. Yeah. So at the end of the day, though, I gave this one two and a half buckets. I, and you I did. don't want people to think, because we've <laughs> gone and seen quite a few scary movies, and I don't yeah. want people to think that I hate horror movies. I hate horror movies, but 
I go into every single movie, you know, if it's got a good story. Like, I was really surprised with the, oh, not the Exorcist, the, the Pope's uh, Exorcist. The Pope's Exorcist. That was a really good movie. And, you know, it's classified as a horror movie. So if it's got a good story, it's got a good uh, acting, there's, you know, the visual effects stuff, and then, you know, I'll rate this fine. But this movie, all it had was decent visual effects. Other than that, nothing. So if you like the first one, You'll probably like this one because it was really just more of the same. I gave this one two and a half buckets of popcorn. I hated this movie, and I gave it one bucket of popcorn. So, and the other thing that I was telling Ryan is you got to get ready because spooky season is upon us. I know. I usually go into hibernating this year, you know, wake up in December or November. When the Christmas movies start coming out. When it's turkey time. Yeah. But, yeah, we've got a lot of movies ahead of us. The Exorcist Believer, which I think looks really good. Well, I just hope it has a good story. Yes. Uh, we've got another Saw movie coming. Like, we need that. Those like a, don't have a good story. No pun intended. We need that one like we need a hole in our head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a few more that are coming out, and, and we'll see them as we can and talk about them. Uh, but for my money, The Nun 2 just did not do that much for me. Do what I did over the weekend. Wait for it to come out on like HBO Max or something and watch it at home. Yeah. Or or if you like the movies, if you like the Conjuring movies, I got to looking. The Demon Nun has been around since like 2016, I believe. She was in the second Conjuring movie. I've only seen one Conjuring movie. It's the one where like she was walking down like the basement stairs mm-hmm. and like there's the clapping. That's the only one I've seen. I didn't like that one either. But, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not a big horror movie f- person, so I don't know really much about the whole Conjuring universe. I know there's one about a doll, Annabelle or something. Yeah, there's Annabelle. There's the Conjuring movies. Uh, they're all fairly good. C- check them out if you can. If you want, if you like them, though, you'll like The Nun 2. Go see it. That's my suggestion. Okay. Just was not for me or for you, apparently. Nope. All right, coming back, we'll be talking about movies based on books, so stick around. Hey, idiots, we're back from commercial. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment two, and action. You never know it by looking at them, but it is true. Dave and Ryan both have read a couple of books in their lifetime. See, you should never judge a book by its cover. Even if it's Dave and Ryan. Stop it! And it sure seems like every time we have a good read, some jackass at a Hollywood movie studio wants to give it a film treatment. So today, our two favorite film critics will discuss movies that have been inspired by books. Books that I think they both have read. So this topic is is pretty timely because a lot of great movies have been based on books. And... We see it every year at the, you know, when it comes out to be award time and everything for the Oscars, it's always uh, best screenplay from, you know, previous material and things like that. And there have been a lot of great movies that are based on books. Uh, just yes, a few. Uh, Forrest Gump was based on a novel. Yeah. Uh, Gone with the Wind. I mean, The Godfather. The list yeah. goes on and Jaws. on. Jaws. Jaws. And, you know, you can't the talk Harry about. Potter movies. Yeah, you can't talk about great movies. That were based on books without talking about the Meg. <laughs> and the Meg 2. And the third one that they will eventually make. Yeah, yes, there are eventually. three Meg books. 
There are three Meg books. Uh, so today we decided we would talk about movies that were based on, you know, books that would have been that way. And, uh, you know, I took the the one shot at mine because I love the way the guy writes. I appreciate the stories. I love history. And every time I talk about them, I have to look around the room because I think I'm getting judged when I say that I love the Dan Brown books. I love the Thomas Langdon series, the, you know, Angels and Demons, uh, Inferno, the Da Vinci Code, the Lost Symbol that was a TV series wasn't that great. However, I want to talk about the movies. Okay. Of course, you've got Tom Hanks in there, and it's really hard to see <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks <laughs> as this kind of a character. I think he did a really good job. He, he does. He's a professor, but he gets himself into some pretty strange situations. Yes, he does. Uh, you know, he, he's all about symbology and, and everything. And in the first one, The Da Vinci Code, it starts with the director of the Louvre Museum is found murdered in the Louvre, and he has to go through and find all these clues that lead him to the next clue, that lead him to the next clue, that always somewhere in there, the Templars come in, and it, you know, it has to really do with the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Yes. As at the end of the day, that is what the, uh, the Da Vinci Code is about. And they're tracking this down. And it, I, I, but like I said, I love stories that are based in history, that have a history to them. So that's some great stuff. The next one uh, that I remember reading, the one that I remember seeing next was Angels and Demons. This was a really good movie. And, it was. And Ewan McGregor was in it. Um, and uh, Tom Hanks was back. Yep. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård is in this movie as one of the police for Vatican City. And it has to do with... They're trying to decide. It really deals with the next pope. And they're voting on the next pope. But there are all these other things that this gentleman has done that are trying to expose parts of the Catholic Church. Yeah. They, while they have, everybody's a, looking at them. There's a, there's a God particle that they uh, that's doing. And it's a bomb. And, you know, there's a great scene at the very end when uh, Ian McGregor takes the helicopter up in the air and the explosion with all the color and lights. And then he comes floating down into this parachute all passed out and lands. And spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you, the guy that always survives catastrophic things is the one that's behind it to begin with. Yeah. Just the, putting that out the there. The slow walk away with the explosion behind him. Yeah. that. <laughs> But once again, it's a great movie. It's based in Vatican City. And maybe a lot of people do not realize Vatican City is its own country inside the city of Rome. It is. They have I've, their own police force. They have yeah, everything. I've been there. It's 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 huge. You don't think it's huge because it's a city inside of a city, but it is huge. They have their own form of government. You know, the the mayor or president, so to speak, of Vatican City is the pope. Yeah. So there's so many things that you can. I'm find. a pope. I'm a pope. <laughs> there's so many things that you can you find out about the Catholic Church, and I think the reason that a lot of people have problems with Dan Brown's movie or with his novels and with the movies that they make is that there are a lot of times that you feel like they're taking some some license with the. Yeah, he's you know, simply taking privilege, privilege with a lot of things and just kind of twisting it to fit his story, which you got to remember, this is not a real story. It's fake. It's supposed to be entertaining. Just sit back, shut up, and watch. I believe that Oliver Stone coined the phrase, and that's what these books are, faction. Yeah. There's facts, and it's fiction. At the end of the day, it is fiction. Um, so, you know, that was Angels and Demons. Inferno 
was a little different. I think it was more of a departure than anything else. It wasn't as successful as the other two. And I'll be totally honest, the book itself was a little harder to read than the other two. And it deals with uh, something that, you know, it goes all the way back to maybe Thanos read Inferno. <laughs> because it deals with the fact that we have too many people on the planet. Yeah. Wasn't uh, the guy who played um, Vision, wasn't he in this movie too? No, he was in Da Vinci Code. Oh, he was in Da Vinci Code. Yeah, Paul Bettany was in the Da Vinci Code. This one takes place in, you know, Turkey, and there is this gentleman that feels like there are too many people on the planet, and he has got a way that it is a, a virus that attaches to your DNA. And I believe, if I'm correct... It will, you'll, you'll stop having male children. So the species cannot continue. Hmm. And it's, it, it deals with it from that angle. It deals with, you know, or like X amount of people will not al- able to have children or something like that. Well, but that, that's what this, it deals with. Yeah, this, this isn't, the, you know, that's not really an original story because um, back in the day, uh, there's a Tom Clancy book that deals with uh, a group of scientists trying to basically uh, thin out the human race. Uh, Rainbow Six. Is, Rainbow Six. Yeah. And the other one, too, and I don't know if you've seen it, uh, Children of Men. Yeah, yes. Same, basic, same concept. Yeah. You know, so those are those are my choices because I, like I said, I love <laughs> the Dan Brown books. They're easy for me to read. I can blow through one in a weekend, really, because he writes like it's a movie. You know, he'll he'll end a chapter and he'll go someplace to completely different. It like won't necessarily be the continuation of the chapter before. So I wish I could read. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're working on that. We're working on that. I'm with hooked you. on phonics. We're working on that. So that's what I. If you can find them, check them out. Great movies, even better books. I would totally agree with that. All right, your turn. All right, I went in kind of a, a different direction here. Um, I went with a, a Japanese uh, manga or manga or however you want to say. It. You can say however you want. But I went with the new uh, the One Piece series on Netflix. Um, now, it has to do, it's the same story as uh, in the, uh, in the uh, comics or manga or manga. Um, it follows a, uh, a guy named Luffy. He wants to be king of the pirates because it takes place in the pirate kind of area of his world. And um, he sets out to go become uh, a pirate, you know, and he basically he's get, gathering his crew and he's got... He ate a special fruit that gave him special powers. He he's made up basically. He's like rubber. He can stretch. So if you've seen it, you know you know what I'm talking about. If you never heard of it, you're like, what are you talking about? This he he's rubber. Yes, I recommend watching it. It's on Netflix. Um, there's also a animation uh, that's uh, been around for years. I think they're like on episode four thousand something. But yeah, this this has been around for a long time. But um, the cast, the I'm gonna slaughter his name. I'm sorry, Inaka Godi plays Luffy. I thought he did an okay job. I think I think they could do better. But he, you know, he did an okay job. Um, next character is Nami, played by Emily Rudd, not related to Paul Rudd. I found that out. That's a shame. Uh, the guy who plays Zoro, uh, Makinu, I believe that's how you say his name. His dad was actually a big-time uh, actor in Japan, uh, Shinshi Chiba. He was in Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. He was in Tokyo Drift. He was the big mobster in Tokyo Drift. 
and the sword of vengeance. So that was his father. So he's trying to follow in his father's footsteps acting there. Uh, Usopp, uh, Jacob Romero's uh, relatively unknown. Most of the cast here is relatively unknown. And uh, Sanji is played by Taz Schuyler. And probably the biggest name in this movie, uh, he plays uh, Garp. Uh, Vincent Regan, he was in 300 and Troy. He was the uh, the the vice captain in Troy, and he was the captain in 300. And the other thing that you know, we I was telling you about this movie is or this series is the fact that everybody that has seen the manga of One Piece that has seen the series loves it. Yeah. They, you know, they had to change a little bit of the story to kind of get people kind of hooked in, but it's, they did a really good job. The, uh, the way they, uh, shot this and with the animation, not the animation, the special effects, like with the stretching and the the rubber and the, there's, there's a, there's fishman in this movie and the way they look, everything looks realistic. It's, you know, we've talked about CGI before and how, uh, the, uh, Chinese or the Asian market's not really good at filming. This was a combination between, uh, Asian, uh, filmmakers and American filmmakers, um, you know, and the animation and the filming, it just turned out amazing. So just the best of both worlds, really. Yeah. So I recommend go see it. It's on Netflix. If you don't have a Netflix account, I'm pretty sure you know someone who does. Take their password before, you know, they stop all that. But we are not condoning that. <laughs> we are no, not. No, I definitely have my we're, own we're, Netflix. We're not saying that you should do that. And, and there are plenty of other great movies out there that were based on novels. It's oh, like, yeah. You know, the, well... The Exorcist was based on a yes. novel. There's plenty of movies like that. The other great ones, too, uh, that just come to mind, uh, you know, you've got, as we said before, Forrest Gump, uh, The Godfather. I mean, basically, if you name a movie that, like, killed it when it came to Oscar season, chances are it was yeah, probably most based likely on a book. It was based Another on one book. coming out in October, it's The Killers of the Flower Moon. Which is actually, it's DiCaprio, it's Martin Scorsese. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this one, too. And it actually, the funny thing about it it is, yeah, De Niro, Brendan Fraser's in this, Jesse Plemons. It deals with the beginnings of the FBI and and what brought about the FBI and why they they invented the, the FBI and what brought them to that. So there's that one. There's another one out there that has been in development hell forever that I cannot wait if they ever get it together and want, and make this one. Uh, the Devil in the White City, which is loosely based on H.H. H. Holmes during the World's Fair in Chicago. And they've had everyone from Leonardo DiCaprio was attached to this movie. Keanu Reeves was attached to this movie. I'm waiting for this one because the book is fantastic. So get out, find a book, read it, and maybe one day they'll make it a movie. Yeah, hopefully. Unless you're Ryan and you can't read. Yeah. Help me. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come out on audiobook. There you go. Get the Cliff's Notes. Can you read those? No. Okay. Okay, coming up, we're going to talk twist endings. We had a lot of fun with this one the last time we did it, so uh, we're going to talk about a few more because there are plenty of movies out yep. there that have twist endings that are not M. Night Shyamalan. All right, in the souls, everyone quiet down. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment three. And action. Oh, 
I love a good twist ending, like the one where the all-American boy plays college football, goes on to win an Olympic medal, marries a beauty queen, divorces her, marries a Kardashian, gets a television series, and then becomes a woman? Yee-haw! Trust me, in a hundred years, the Bruce Jenner story will shock audiences. But until that movie is made, Dave and Ryan have picked a few of their own favorite movies with twist endings. So yes, there are movies out there that are not made by M. Night Shyamalan that have pretty good endings that you never saw coming. Uh, as I said, the last time we did this, we actually ran long because we had a lot that we wanted to get through. We didn't get through the whole list. Yeah, some of the ones we talked about the last time, the Co- uh, Coco, The Arrival, The Descent, The Departed, and Citizen Kane. This time, we're going to start off with maybe the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Uh, depending upon who you ask, this is probably the best movie in the Star Wars universe. This is definitely uh, one of my favorite out of the... the, the out of all of the movie the movies? The main storyline. And, and it is amazing. It's a yeah. great, great movie because there are so many things that leave you tied up. You don't know how it's going to end. Of course, we start the movie on on the planet Hoth, and uh, the Empire has found them. They need to get off of the planet, and it just it it just kind of travels from there. The movie just keeps going, and it doesn't stop until the end when um, Han Solo is first. Frozen in carbonite. Yep. You don't know what's going to happen to Han because he's given to Boba Fett the bounty yep. hunter. Don't know if he's actually going to live through yeah. the process. Yeah, to take back to Jabba the Hutt. But the big one that came out of this one is we find out who Luke Skywalker's father is. Yeah. The biggest villain in the movie universe, Darth Vader. Darth Would you say that? Would you say he's probably one of the top? I would put him top three at least. Yeah, definitely. So you find out that he is Luke Skywalker's father. Yep, Luke and Leia. And well, you don't know that then. Shh. Well, not then. <laughs> if you it's ruined a, it. If it's a spoiler now, this movie came back in the 70s. <laughs> you ruined it now. So <laughs> I I love this movie. I love Star Wars movies, period. But yeah, this one just it holds a special place for everybody that loves Star Wars movies, I think. And that is, without a doubt, probably one of the biggest twist endings of, of any movie of all time. I would yes, definitely. Great movie, great movie. Next one up, seven. This movie was disturbing on so many different. It was, levels. it was, it was very disturbing. Uh, Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Kevin Spacey, but you don't find out it's Kevin Spacey till the movie's almost over. Yep. It deals with a gentleman that is going around the city and killing people according to the seven deadly sins. And when I was looking up jump scares and movies with jump scares. The, the, the victim of the sloth, the guy that that they think is dead. Yeah. That is one of the biggest jump scares in movie history, they say, when he comes <laughs> when he comes back to life. Uh, the movie, of course, travels all the way through and they find out what Kevin Spacey wants, and it's you find out the fact that he envies Brad Pitt's life with the two, There's two left he's got to get to hit all seven. And so you have envy, and my kids to this day will say it when something shows up at the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? Stay there. Stay there. John Doe has the upper hand. <laughs> uh, and, of course, you find out that he has uh, killed Gwyneth Paltrow. 
Yeah. Her uh, head is in the box. That's what's in the box. If anybody asks, don't look. And she was also pregnant at the time. Yes. And so uh, you have Envy. And then, of course, Brad Pitt pulls out his gun. Oh, he's raging. He's raging. And uh, he becomes Wrath. Yeah. And kills Kevin Spacey at the end of the movie. And so we have all seven sins completed. Uh, this movie, when I first saw it, I was like, what did I just watch? Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, it was, it was a, a mind cluster. And But, however, I like this movie more than I like regular scary movies. There was not... This was a scary movie in parts. Yeah. But I like this movie the more, more normal. It's not a horror movie. Yeah, it's it, a suspense it had movie. A, yeah, it had good suspense. There was a story. It wasn't just, I'm going to kill you because I can... You know he, you know he it followed the seven deadly sins, and you know it's uh, there in real life. There was uh, the Zodiac killer, which this is kind of not necessarily the same thing, but it's kind of in that same genre. But he followed a pattern. He knew yep. what he wanted to do, and he knew who he wanted to do it to. Yep, that was the scariest part about the movie Seven. Another one that's not on our list, but just came to my mind because Kevin Spacey is in it, and if you haven't seen it, you need to. The Usual Suspects. Yeah. That is a big twist ending, and that I is was actually going to put this movie. on the list. But that is a great movie. I, I love that movie. That's just, that is honestly, we've talked about it in the past. Yes, that is have. one of those movies where if it's on, the remote goes down, and I'm done for the night. <laughs> I will sit and watch that. movie. There are a lot of those movies for Dave. There are. There really and truly are. But if you haven't seen it, I, I don't want to give too much away. That's how much I love that movie. Find it and watch it. The Usual Suspects. In fact, I think Spacey won an Oscar for that movie. I don't remember. If I, if I can recall correctly. All right, next up, Scream. Well. Ah! <laughs> I, there were so many things. The funny thing about this movie, if we can call this somewhat, some find some humor in it, is when they came out, Scream came out, and then they came out with the scary movies and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was almost like a, there were moments that were like copied. Yes. Like a carbon copy, <laughs> the way they did things and things like that. But you come to find out that at the end of the movie, somebody's going through and killing people in town, and you come to find out it's your friends that are doing it. Yeah. The call's coming from inside the house, Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> Real, and if you think about it, because they talk about this all the time, this movie somewhat relaunched Drew Barrymore's career. It did. It truly did. In fact, when she was in the very first scene, a lot of people didn't realize who it was. Uh, I didn't. So kind of relaunched her career. This, so this, now they're also on... kind of like a giant advertisement for caller ID. That's <laughs> <laughs> good point. And it, it, it's a good movie. Uh, and now they're making like what? Seven. Yeah. Something There's like seven that. of them out there now, or they're working on the seventh. I can't remember. Well, they were working on the seventh until everybody decided that they want to shut down Hollywood. <laughs> All right, number four, one of my quietly favorite movies, and it's also a movie based on a book. Yes. American Psycho with Christian Bale. This movie was crazy. <laughs> on so many different levels. Uh, it, it was, yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot of scenes in there we can't talk about because but, they're very naughty. Uh-huh. But... If you've seen this movie, you know what I'm going to be talking about when I talk about the song Hip to be Square <laughs> and The Greatest Love of All. Yep. And ladies, if you haven't seen it and you're interested in seeing what Christian Bale's backside looks like, <laughs> you can watch this. Yeah, yeah, go see it just for that reason. <laughs> well, the movie, it, it, the whole thing plays out and you're getting through the movie and you're like to the point where it's almost 
it's almost like a fight club type thing. Yeah. Because you don't know if it even really happened. Yeah. That's what the whole movie is based on is, you know, and it takes place in the 80s and the early 90s when everybody had to have X, Y, and Z and you weren't, no, you were nothing if you didn't have this. Yeah, he was kind of like a, like a Wall Street, like a Gordon Gecko type Yeah, kind of like a broker. Uh, the funniest for me, one of the best scenes in the whole movie is where they spend, it's got to be 10 or 15 minutes talking about each other's business cards. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just the way the business card looks. It's the stock. It's the print. It's... When you give this card to somebody, they're going to remember you. <laughs> and yeah, they they spend 10 minutes talking just about that. So check that one out as well. Uh, this one here, yeah, it kind of freaks you out. The others. Yeah, this one this one was weird. Uh, basically, uh, Grace, played by Nicole Kinman and her kids, um, are waiting for her husband to come back from World War II, and they start seeing ghosts and like visions and stuff. And at the end of the movie, you find out that she killed herself and her kids, and they're the actual ghosts, which was really trippy at the end of the movie. It, it was, because they're held in a seance, don't they? Yes. And and for some reason, the, they get jerked into this whole thing, and it's like, what's going on? We don't know what's happening. And and yeah, it's it's, it's kind of yeah. freaky. It's more, it's, you know, it's kind of a horror, horror scary. I wouldn't say a horror movie. I'd say it's a scary movie, you know, um, so, but there's a storyline, you know, it's, it's really dramatic and makes you think Nicole Kidman gives a great performance. Um, but yeah, go see this movie. It's, it's, it's a really good one. Find it and rent it. Uh, one more that we need to talk about. And I'm a girl dad. And if your daughter asks you to do something, you just do it. And she had seen this movie and she says, you need to sit and watch this movie. Please sit and watch it. And, and I had to sit and watch it with her. And if you are a true girl dad and you love your daughters and you don't come out of this movie at least shedding one tear, I think you need to make an appointment to see a cardiologist. And it's interstellar. Christopher Nolan does it again with this yeah. one. fabulous, fabulous movie. And it's uh, we got McConaughey in this one. We've got uh, Jessica Chastain. I believe Anne Hathaway is yep, in this Anne as Hathaway's well. Anne Hathaway is in it. And, and I'll kind of let you talk and about it. Also, surprise, uh, it, there was uh, the guy who played Bourne. Matt Damon? Matt Damon's oh, in that's it. That's true. Yeah. yeah right there at the that. end, he was there. We, we got a Matt Damon story we'll share with you here in a little bit. <laughs> it's just one of those things that when you see it, you can't forget it. Yeah. You got to tell everybody. <laughs> but the movie itself starts with trying to save humanity by finding another planet that is viable yeah the the world is dying it doesn't only the only thing that grows is basically corn and even that's dying off and so um they're trying to build a giant uh ship that'll save the world basically and uh, in order to do that they send um a bunch of scientists off to different planets to find life and then uh they then after they do that they get the report from all the scientists and they send a team out uh, with uh, McConaughey and Anne Hathaway and like a giant robot block character. It looks like just like a giant walls just standing there. <laughs> but um, they send out, they go out to uh, check on these uh, scientists and they, there's like three of them they can hit because uh, they went through some turbulence going through. And so they end up going to this ice planet. Uh, well, no, actually, they go they go to the water planet first, and that's when their ship gets damaged, mm -hmm. and they actually um, uh, lose. They lose 
what is it almost a year yeah because of the time difference yeah, and the way things roll there it's near a black hole yeah it, no it was more than a year it was like seven years and uh the one they leave a guy up on on the ship to orbit around the planet and they're like why didn't you just go into the uh, into uh hibernation he's like i did for a few years and then i just got bored <laughs> but anyway the twist ending to this is uh she his daughter who is just very young when he leaves grows up to become a scientist yeah and she is being helped by someone what she claims is a ghost yeah. on from the other bookcase. side from a bookshelf yeah. And they're pushing books out for her to look yeah, in and, and, like and things Morse like that. Code. And then it turns out that it is it is Matthew McConaughey from the other side. Yeah, there's like a some sort of a a being, an upper life form that helps him when they go through this uh, wormhole. And uh, in the first one, you he actually try, reaches out and almost touches it. But yeah, it's a great twist ending. Um, they end up saving everybody, and then. Um, uh, he makes it back to the spaceship where his daughter is basically on her deathbed now. And he's got all these grandchildren. And she told him that he likes to farm. <laughs> but he ends up uh, leaving again to go back to the wormhole to go uh, be with Anne Hathaway, who's on the planet that all the humans are traveling to. That's going to take like many, many years to get there. But great, great movie. All of these are really good movies. Yep. Find them wherever you can. I'm sure they're all streaming somewhere. Shouldn't be too difficult to find. Yep. Now, I promised a Matt Damon story before we got out of here because <laughs> every now and then I'll be surfing and I'll find Matt it. I'll Damon. find. I'll, I will find like a story or I'll find an old interview or something like that. So he's sitting there and he's talking to someone and he says, "I had just got done with. Uh, it was one of the Bourne movies. I can't remember what it was." And he said that... <laughs> It'd be funny if it was the Bourne Ultimatum. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense, right? Uh, so anyway, and he knew, he goes, every Bourne movie that we had done, we have reshoots. Yep. And I couldn't, That I knew that I had to have the time afterwards to do that. I couldn't just leave the movie. Uh, well, James Cameron comes calling and offers him a movie, little movie. Of your favorite movie. Yeah, called Avatar. And he tells him the story. He goes, you know, I know we're going to have to do post-production and reshoots and things like that. And I just can't leave this, you know, series that I've been working on and put all this time and effort into to, to jump into another project right now. And I don't know if he thought this was a good sales pitch or not, but James Cameron told him, look, this movie doesn't need you. <laughs> but if you decide that you want to do it, I'll give you 10%. That's a big deal now. Not <laughs> back then. They didn't give percentage of no. anything. And that ten percent today would equate to about two hundred million dollars yeah. that he turned down. And uh, we probably never would have seen him act again. He would have been like, "I'm done. Wash my hands. <laughs> I'm gonna go save the planet even more now." But the funny <laughs> thing is, we were discussing this amongst us, and we're like, you know, this isn't like 1979 James Cameron, 78 James Cameron. Let's go shoot a movie about aliens on a on a on a spaceship. Yeah. No, no. This hey, is after. This, this is after Titanic. Yeah. This is after the Terminator series. <laughs> So if you can find it, watch it because it's a great story. All right. Hey, that's going to do it for us. We're going to get out of here. Uh, we will talk to you next week. And until then, go see a movie. Go see a movie. And that brings us to the end of this week's journey. But don't worry. 
Dave and Ryan have more movies to watch and more opinions to spew next week. You'll be the first to hear about The Expendables 4, which will be opening up nationwide next week. The two will also discuss action movie franchises and will bring back the old segment, Why Was This Made? You can relive and download today's episode at CastleCountryRadio.com. We'll see you next week on Dave and Ryan's Movie Review. I just enjoy your weekend. I'll see you next week.